Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. This is your host, Deacon Andrew Brazier. Well, good morning. If we were the next service, we would be uh, singing the second part of the gradual song after the reading of the gospel, and we would be singing a bit of a prayer. So I'm just going to pray it now. Thank you, O our Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's a Trinitarian prayer for this Trinity Sunday, a day in which we've also heard the account of the creation from Genesis chapter 1 and a little bit of 2 about how God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, culminating in his creation of the human being. We heard about how God created through his word, who we later come to know as the second person of the triune God, Jesus Christ, the word of God. And we know that the spirit was there and present and active in creation. We could talk about that. We could talk about the Trinity being involved in creation. We could talk a lot of things, talk about a lot of things on this Trinity Sunday. We could talk about the triune God and all that the church came to articulate about the three persons of the triune God, how there are three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet they are all one God. And we will say a lot about that in just a little while because we will recite together the Athanasian Creed. But let's take a a slightly different approach now. I want to call to your attention a prayer that is attributed to St. Augustine, a prayer that has made its way into our prayer book, our 2019 Book of Common Prayer, contained there within the Collect for the Third Sunday in Lent. And the prayer there goes like this, Heavenly Father, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. A lot of you have probably heard this prayer. We are made for God, our Father, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Him. Now, that's not simply made for Him like to be His possession. It's made for Him like towards Him, as if He is the end, the goal, almost as if God has created us to present us to Himself as a gift to Himself. We are created unto God. But of course we know that the story quickly doesn't go that way. So, most of the way that we know the triune God from the Scriptures is from the rest of the story, after the creation, after the fall into sin. And we know the triune God through what He, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has done for us to rescue us and bring us back and give us the rest that it is to be in Him and for Him. So yes, Augustine said we were created for God the Father. 
And yes, we heard about the creation this morning from Genesis chapter 1. Specifically, we heard that God said, let us make man in our image. Interesting, the plural there. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then just a few verses later we heard, And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. It was very good. We who have been created in the image of our God in our image, God said. After our likeness, God said. We have been created in the image and after the likeness of the God who we now know exists in Trinity. One God in three persons. A unity, even in a diversity. As we will confess in the Athanasian Creed, unity and Trinity and Trinity and unity. We, as the human being, have been created in God's image, and it was very good, the text says. In fact, we heard that refrain throughout the creation. God creates, and He says... It was good. He creates. It was good. And finally, it was very good. I point that out because just a few verses later in Genesis chapter 2, in chapter 2 verse 18, if we were to keep reading, we would read this. It is not good. It is not good that the man should be alone. Now in Genesis chapter 1, it's taken for granted that we are created male and female, but then we kind of take a step back in Genesis chapter 2, and we look at the man alone, one individual human being, and God says, it is not good that the man should be alone. Because everything in creation was created, and it was good, but one, a human being alone is not good. Adam was not good alone by himself, because he was not complete, and so the search for a helper fit for him began... Adam names the animals, but ultimately the woman is created out of man. And the man and the woman then are helpers fit for one another. They are created for the good of one another. Brothers and sisters, we have been created in the image of the triune God. We are, as Augustine said, created for God. And because we are created in the image of this God who is unity and trinity and trinity and unity, we are ourselves created to exist in a similar fashion, created for the good of one another. We are created for God, and we are created for the good of one another. Now that's Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Things don't go so well after that, and we know that. We know that in Genesis chapter 3, the man and the woman together will fall into sin and be cursed by God and the whole creation with them. In the following chapter, Genesis chapter 4, they will have children. They will fulfill their commission to be fruitful and multiply. And they will be living into the notion that it's not good to be alone. There will be more and more human beings living together. And yet, and yet, in the very next chapter, their son Cain kills no, in that same chapter, their son, Cain, kills his brother. Then in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 5, we find that they've had a third son, Seth, and through him they have many descendants. Again, it looks like things are back on track, and yet we have Genesis chapter 6 through 9, the story of Noah and the flood, the story of how every human was totally evil, and God 
had second thoughts about having created human beings. So, long story short, you know the story. God sort of starts over. He starts over with Noah. And so Noah will be the father. In chapter 10 of Genesis, we have an enumeration of the descendants of Noah. Okay which are described according to their family groups. The word might be translated clans, but they are also described as nations, which suggests to us, wait a second, the human race, all one family, all the descendants of Noah and his wife and his family are now divided, divided into nations. And of course, as we heard just last week on Pentecost, we heard from Genesis chapter 11, the story of the Tower of Babel, that humanity was united in working for our own glory, united in making ourselves great. And so God imposed division upon the human race, imposed division by confusing our language. Now, after the tragedies of the descendants of Adam, and after that, the tragedies of the descendants of Noah, Genesis chapter 12 takes us off in a whole new direction. It introduces a new father, Abraham, known at this time as Abram, and God makes promises to Abram. Promises culminating with this promise. The promise that in you, all of those clans, all of those clans from a couple of chapters ago, all the clans of the earth shall be blessed in you. God promises to bless all those peoples of the earth whom He had cursed by dividing them in the descendants of this one man, Abram. Now, long story short, this promise to bless all the clans of the earth who have been divided by language anticipates what happened at Pentecost, like we just talked about last week. Pentecost, where Babel is seen to be undone as we, as human beings understand one another in spite of speaking different languages. That was last Sunday, contrary to what your bulletin says. That was last Sunday. Today is Trinity Sunday. So we could turn our attention now to some Trinitarian passages from the New Testament. Now speaking of anticipating Pentecost... In a passage from John's Gospel, a passage that is very clearly Trinitarian in its content, Jesus anticipates Pentecost shortly before His own death. He's with His disciples. He knows that in a a matter of not very many weeks, He will die and rise to new life. And shortly thereafter, ascend to the Father. And He's preparing His disciples for that. And so beginning in John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus says to His disciples, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about Me, and you also will bear witness. You also will bear witness, because you have been with Me from the beginning, He says to His disciples. Now we heard two weeks ago from another distinctly Trinitarian passage, that just prior to Jesus' ascension, This is coming from the beginning of Acts. Just prior to His ascension, Jesus instructed His disciples to expect what would ultimately happen on Pentecost just ten days later. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now this mission to be witnesses to the end of the earth is put another way in another very Trinitarian passage, which 
We heard just today a passage from the very end of Matthew's Gospel. We heard Jesus say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, Jesus said. Now, notice how all of these Trinitarian passages have to do with the plans of God the Father to send upon His people, God the Spirit, to empower them, to empower them, those who are followers of Jesus, God the Son, to be His witnesses to others, to those around them. They're sort of like Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. These followers of Jesus who are blessed in Jesus, yes, in order to be a blessing to all. Because as we've said, we, human beings, have been created for God and for the good of one another. Now, there are many passages that we could talk about from the New Testament that refer to God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. We heard from the very tail end of Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians. Just such a little moment. May the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We heard that. There's a similar passage at the very end of Jude. And there are many larger passages that are clearly talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The one thing we cannot say is that the New Testament is not Trinitarian. It is Trinitarian through and through. Now rather than examine these passages one by one because there are so many, allow me to simply give a brief an admittedly very limited overview of what my impression has been as I've looked at them as to what they say about our God who is Father and Son and Spirit. First, the Father. God the Father, in His great love, has long foreknown His plans and purposes for us. His plans which... He freely and powerfully works out for us. So that ultimately, because we're created for Him, ultimately we can praise and glorify Him. God the Son. Through God the Son, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father's love and His mercy come to us. The Father's plans for us take shape. And His benefits for us are freely given to us in our Lord Jesus. God the Son has redeemed us for the Father. And now He lives in us, enabling us to obey Him as Lord. As our Lord who has given us one commandment. To love one another as He loves us. And God the Holy Spirit. By God the Holy Spirit, the Father's love is poured into us to set us apart and seal us as children of the Father. Children of the Father. The Holy Spirit is in us to work in us, to guide us, to equip us, so that we become a powerful, prayerful, reconciled unity ourselves. United with Jesus and so with our Father, and united with one another. Because we were created for God and for the good of one another, brothers and sisters. And yet, ever since that fall, 
In Genesis chapter 3, we have been separated from God. We have been separated from one another. We have been at enmity with God. We have been His enemies. We have been at enmity with one another, just like Cain to his brother Abel. We have been enslaved to this fallen world. We have been enslaved to our own sinful flesh. We have been enslaved to the devil. We have been effectively dead and therefore incapable of being what we were created to be, incapable of being a people for God and a people for the good of one another. But God, in His great love for us, has set us free from all that. Free. Free in order that we might be a people for God. A people for the good of one another. And our salvation, as it is, as it is explained again and again by the apostles in the New Testament, is a distinctively Trinitarian salvation. That salvation from sin and from death and the de devil. Distinctively Trinitarian. Because it all starts because God the Father loves us. And it takes shape in that God the Son took on human flesh and by His death bought us for God, making us right by His blood and bringing about our reconciliation, our peace with God and with one another. So that in our baptism, as, as the apostles and their followers and their followers make disciples of us and baptize us in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in our baptism... We ourselves die with Christ Jesus. And we receive His resurrection life by the Spirit. And so God the Spirit sanctifies us. What does that mean? He makes us holy. What does that mean? He sets us apart. He sets us apart for God the Father as those who are marked as His adopted children now. And who are therefore able now to walk in newness of life because we are united with God united with God the Son who brought and brought into the fellowship with God and with one another by God the Holy Spirit. All of which, all of which the apostles make so clear is to the praise and the glory of the Father. And all because we've been created for God, by, by God, for God, and for the good of one another. We have been created, remember, in the image of of the triune God, in the image of the God who is unity and trinity, and trinity and unity. And so we ourselves live out this picture of unity even in our diversity. Remember what John tells us that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. We talked about it two weeks ago. He prays it for the disciples. He prays it for all of those who will believe based on the testimony of His disciples who will be His apostles. He prayed, May they be one as we are one, Father. I and you and you and me. This mysterious thing that we talk about in the church, this mysterious thing that we talk about every year on Trinity Sunday, that God is three and yet He is one. This thing that we don't know how to explain to our children or ourselves even that God is three and yet God is one. It's supposed to apply to us. Jesus prayed to the Father, may they be one even as we are one. Our unity is to be that complete, that thoroughgoing, just like the unity that exists within the Trinity. So we pray. We pray, Father, by Your grace, may we here who are baptized and all Your church, we who are Spirit-filled, 
adopted children of You, Father. May we be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace as those reconciled with You and with one another. May we who in Christ are a new creation no longer hold on to those old things, those old thoughts and attitudes and ways of speaking that are at odds with our unity. And so grieve the Holy Spirit by whom we were sealed for the day of our redemption. We ask You, Father, therefore, grant us the humility to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from us, along with all malice. Father, grant us the grace to be kind to one another, to be tender-hearted, forgiving one another as You in Christ forgave us. Father, may Christ so richly dwell in us that we may truly be imitators of You, Father, as Your beloved children, imitating our Father, walking in love as Christ loved us. May we walk in love that is patient and kind. May we walk in love that does not envy or boast. A love that is not arrogant or rude or that insists on its own way. May we walk in a love that is not irritable or resentful, that does not rejoice at wrongdoing, Father, but that rejoices with the truth. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace. Give us grace to take to heart the grave dangers we are in through our many divisions in the world and particularly in your church. We pray, deliver your church from all enmity and all prejudice. Deliver your church from everything that hinders us from godly union. Father, just as there is one body and one Spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so make us all to be of one heart and of one mind, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and love so that with one voice we may give You praise, Father. And we pray these things through Jesus Christ our Lord, He who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit in one God, in everlasting glory. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, 
It helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one.